Hello, everyone, and welcome to the movies with Will and George. How are you doing today, George? I'm fantastic. I just got to go see Doctor Strange a second time. <laughs> Perfect. I might, I might have to go do that. But like I said, this is the Welcome to the Movies podcast where we talk about movies. We welcome you into the whole world of movies, television, and kind of all other uh, pop culture stuff. But of course, mainly movies, as that's where our true passion lays. And today is going to be a pretty exciting show. We have a couple of interesting topics to talk about. Uh, first, uh, people thought that no one cared about Avatar 2. Uh, that is going to be wrong. Uh, that is wrong. Uh, we're mm -hmm. going to explain why. Um, we know the name Kevin Feige might sound familiar to all of you uh, for producing the MCU, but he's stepping into a galaxy far, far away. Um, Professor X, uh, we know Patrick Stewart's in Doctor Strange 2. Um, he says that more appearances are possible, but should he come back? And we're going to talk about that and much more on this show, as well as our summer movie countdown and box office predictions for the weekend. Don't forget the fun show. Don't forget the minor uh, oddity that Kumail Nanjiani was supposed to appear in Moon Knight, but it got canceled. Should he have, yes. or should he have not? Yes, we're going to talk about that as well. Thank you. I did forget about that one. But let's start off with kind of a piece of news that took me by surprise. Um, for those who saw uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we were um, introduced to the first trailer for the long-awaited Avatar 2 coming in December of this year. Now, my memories of Avatar were basically like everyone talked about it for such a long time, and then it kind of went into oblivion. And then it like became, I don't know what your perspective on it, George, uh, but to me, it felt like it became cool to hate on Avatar. Yeah, no, that's kind of my perspective on it as well. Um, I, I honestly had completely forgot about it until the Disney ride and sort of came out and then they started talking about the, yeah. the land that they're making. I got really excited about it, but I completely forgot that they had initially signed up for uh, four more movies outside of the first one. Yeah, and so it seems like a lot of people just kept on saying, no one cares about Avatar. No one cares about Avatar. But they are wrong about that, as it has been reported that when the uh, Avatar 2 trailer released to the public uh, earlier this week, it broke a lot of records. In fact, it broke every record uh, for like the 24 hours. Maybe not every record, but every uh, Disney movie, or every Disney Star Wars movie, I should say, that has come out, uh, Avatar 2's first trailer got more views in the first 24 hours than any other Disney Star Wars era movie, which I think is crazy. No, that's absolutely insane. Um, especially granted the fact that this is like, there's no... You were not getting any plot details or anything. I, like from what I, since it's so old at this point, there's nothing you can really pull from. Where at least with the Star Wars movies, if uh, obviously not the first one, but the second one, you could tell about what might be going on. Yeah, exactly. And this comes to us. Uh, this comes to us from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, the teaser finished in its first 24-hour online window with 148.6 million views including 23 million from China alone. That's ahead of all recent Star Wars films, including Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Like Avatar 2, the teaser trailer for that film also played exclusively in theaters first. In terms of other comps for teasers, uh, Universal's F9 
NAB 202.7 million online views in its first 24 hours. So that's still ahead of Avatar 2. But Black Widow is only at 116 million. Incredibles 2, 113. Rise of Skywalker at 112. If there's one rule in Hollywood, that is always bet on James Cameron. Yeah, regardless and, of how much you even yeah. care about this universe or not, you at least know that it's probably going to be a good movie. It's probably going to be a good movie. And, I mean, James Cameron has two of the top three highest grossing movies of all time. Right. In uh, Avatar, the first one, and um, and uh, Titanic. Sorry, I blanked on that for a minute. But, yeah, never. I mean, people people think it's cool to hate on Avatar, but like there's so many people talking about Avatar, even for the positive or negative, mm-hmm. that this movie, I said this on a couple of episodes ago about like uh, what I think the biggest movie of the year is going to be. Mm-hmm. Avatar is definitely a contender for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I do have an interesting question for you, Will. Okay. So since we are doing a Jurassic Park in review series right now, um, yeah. we had mentioned how Jurassic Park co- crossed the billion dollar mark after... Um, it had the 3D re-release in, it was 2012, correct? Uh, 12 or 13, somewhere like that. Do you think the re-release of Avatar sales are going to be put into the original Avatar, boosting it even a, like high, harder, even higher out of reach than the original, uh, than, it, than it is currently? Yeah, that's how it works. That's um, it's crazy. Gonna, it, it's going to count towards the original. Um, cause even though like, um, when Jurassic Park got released, it got released in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that still counted for the original Jurassic Park's box office. That so, yeah, is will, insane. Yeah, so it's going to climb even higher. I mean, re-releases don't typically do that well, but I'm really curious to see how this Avatar re-release is going to do. Well, is especially because be, this yeah. is another one where it's, you know, 10 years in the making. Yeah. I mean, is it going to cross the 300 million or the three billion dollar worldwide mark i don't think so if it plays in china maybe maybe but it's still about 150 million dollars away and that's just a tall order for a uh re-release we could all be oh. taking this back in a few months we can see i know like i said i haven't seen the first avatar yet so i'm gonna wait until it re-releases in theaters to see it so you're gonna help them i can't believe you Yes. <laughs> yes uh, but then how about that next news that we have uh speaking of star wars not doing as hot as avatar uh it seems like they put their put someone a new foot in the shoe yeah so this is a piece of news that first got announced oh boy i want to say like three or four years ago mm-hmm. um kevin feige um is known as being kind of like the mastermind for the MCU uh, producing it. I mean, even before he produced the MCU, he produced something like 18 other comic book movies ranging from all the X-Men to the blade movies. Um, Like he, he's been involved with Marvel for a very long time, but something you guys may not know is that his first passion and first true love is actually star Wars. Um, And so it was announced the other day. Um, or confirmed that Michael Waldron, the writer of Loki and the most recent Multiverse of Madness, has been brought on to pen uh, the script for Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, which tells me two things. One, that this movie is actually still happening, and number two, 
they actually have a plot and idea of what it's going to be about. Star Wars Celebration is in two weeks. Is it going to get announced there? I really think it is. And we all, you forgot number three. They really know just how to make Will angered. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, he says that because Michael Waldron has written two Marvel projects that I have not been the biggest fan of, uh, Loki and Multiverse of Madness. So we'll see what he can do with the galaxy far, far away. Um, it was also announced today that it's going to be an original film. It's not going to be a sequel to anything. It's going to be an original something in the universe. And I really like that because really the last time we got something original was The Mandalorian. And look how that turned out. <laughs> this is true well um by that means also does rogue one count under that or is that considered canon since it is something that takes place in the current star wars universe yeah well everything star wars that comes out now is canon uh, is anything canon. everything that comes has come out of star wars under the disney umbrella yeah is considered canon i mean there are some things that contradict there but yeah. they're kind of advertising still act like every book, every movie is going to be canon. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. Rogue One is canon. And I still count that as a prequel because it still ties in very heavily to the original trilogy. Right. That's uh, where I was but, trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, but this movie seems like it's going to be completely original, like not tied to anything, which I absolutely love. No, that's actually wonderful. Um, yeah. But of course, we'll and, see how well the writing is. Hopefully he turns on some new gears since he's worked on Marvel for so long and gives us a really interesting take on a Star Wars film. Yeah. But also like Disney and uh, Star Wars have like a bad history of announcing of announcing projects that don't actually come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, we had that Range of the New Republic show. Yeah. didn't happen no fault to their own but that's not happening um no one knows if the patty jenkins rogue squadron movie is happening i mean they still say it's going to but then like you look at um like solo uh that changed directors halfway through filming so it's just like we'll see if this actually uh follows through like, we have the ahsoka show coming as well dude that did start to start filming yeah uh but like Kevin Feige is a master planner. Um, if there's one person I trust to build an original world, it's him. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's exciting to see what he can do with an original world, with original characters, when the main thing he's known for is characters that have already existed. So we'll, right. see, we'll see how that goes. It, it really does pique my interest a little bit. Then rolling, literally rolling on to the next subject, um, we have Professor X, um, of course, Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart, star, uh, cameoing or being in uh, Multiverse of Madness, coming out and saying that he is willing to return as Professor X in future uh, X-Men product. Yes, and during a question, uh, during kind of the interview press drinking for Multiverse of Madness, he was asked about like... Um, characters bring him brought back like he brought back a john luke picard for the show picard i believe he said that's ending after three season he has no uh plans on bringing that character back but when asked about professor x patrick stewart said um, it's possible and likely that there may be even more appearances so my question for you george is when the x-men are brought into the mcu should it be patrick stewart's professor x or should it be someone completely new 
I see. Um, the toughest part about him coming back would be the fact that if he came back, everyone would want um, Wolverine back. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. I think other characters could go under the radar and no one would be like, severely hurt by it. But if Professor X is back, we need Hugh Jackman. I feel like that's where the only falter could come from this. I feel as though they could turn a route where Professor X um, dies. Because yeah. uh, he does do that in a couple of the animated shows. Um, or he gets stuck in a different universe. It's kind of interesting. But he still has like a t- telepathic connection with, his, with the X-Men. Um, I, I think they could do that well. Of course, like how you're just saying, Feige's a master class or a master planner when it comes to universes and films. Um, and I feel like if anyone has the ability to let that get done, it's definitely him. Yeah, I'm actually willing to bet pretty heavily that it's not going to be uh, Patrick Stewart when uh, the new X-Men come back. And I have a couple of reasons for that. Number one, Patrick Stewart is getting old in age. He is mm-hmm. getting up there. Um, I mean, he definitely seems interested in coming back, but I don't think that he will. Yeah. I think it's time to introduce us to, because even when uh, James McAvoy uh, played Professor X, mm-hmm. he was playing Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Right. I mean, he was still able to bring his own spin on it and everything. But I think that it's time to bring a new completely iteration of Professor X, especially if they're going to bring in new iterations of all the other classic characters. They just need to start fresh, brand new. Um, It's kind of like that's a line that Malcolm says in uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, You're so focused on whether or not you could, you didn't think about whether or not you should. should. Right. And I don't think that they should bring Professor X back. It was good in Doctor Strange 2. It was fine. But I'm excited to see what actor they bring in uh, to play him again. I, that's yeah, that's I really... why um, uh, Daniel Craig made his last appearance as 007, so that way he can take over the mantle. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oof, I mean, I honestly don't know which way they're going to go with the... Um, with the... Um, X-Men movies? X-Men, yeah. Yeah, because so far that's the biggest... Uh, IP that we haven't gotten any news on. We have yeah, Blade I mean, and Fantastic Four, but nothing on yeah. X-Men other than oh, it's in the pipeline. Well, yeah, the reason being is that if you remember like five years ago, right, when Disney bought Fox, mm-hmm. everyone was asking about like, oh, when are they going to put X-Men in here? When are they going to put X-Men in here? But a lot of those people didn't understand that Kevin Feige planned has planned the MCU like five or six years ahead. Yeah. So at a big like Marvel Day, like five years ago, when they announced a bunch of things, they said, We are a good five years away from having the X Men in the MCU. Right. It's five years right now. Yep. So theoretically, they could show up any minute. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to show up kind of a la Black Panther in someone else's movie, then get their own, mm-hmm. or if they're just going to do like a Moon Knight and just show up in their own thing at first. Right. That's that's my biggest question is if because we do have the 97 X-Men cartoon. Yeah. So you also have to think about like we've had like 14 years of MCU movies. Where have the X-Men been this entire time? Like, how are they going to introduce them into it? It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I just hope, although as much as I love uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, I hope he's not part of it. 
They were they were sleeping. Their alarm didn't go off. They've just they've been waiting to wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Deadpool's gonna wake them up. And Deadpool's gonna wake them up. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first X Men we're gonna or like X Men quotes around there being introduced to in some in one of the movies. Yeah. Since he's like you I know mean, known for going around, and to be fair, in the last movie, the ending, he has a belt that can take him to any time period, and Marvel's all about multiverses right now. It's true, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna use a, a Deadpool, a character that they're gonna stay rated R as the way to connect X Men to the bigger MCU. Mm, I see, but who yeah, knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I did see that one theory about like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I did see one theory about like how um, I can't say that because that's going to spoil Doctor Strange too. Maybe yeah, no, I'm off, like, uh, there's podcast. there's there's new things that are coming out right now, and we can't talk about them for a, at least a couple more weeks. But what we can talk about is canceled Kumail Nanjiani cameo in Moon Knight, correct? Yeah, so what George is alluding to is uh, the producer or writer, can't remember which one, of Moon Knight, a recently in an interview stated that um, Moon Knight was originally going to have some Eternals connection to kind of help uh, connect it to the MCU. Um, Camille Nongiani's character, Kringo, Kingo, I can't remember what his name is, um, was going to be in Moon Knight. Uh, but then the director of the show is just like, hey, this cameo doesn't serve the story. So there's really no purpose of him being in here. So we're going to take him out. Yeah. Which is understandable. Um, Which is understandable. Uh, So my question I'm going to pose to you about this topic, George, Mm -hmm. is it's going to be kind of a two-parter. The first part is Moon Knight was very much a standalone, unconnected thing. Right. And especially like, but still part of the MCU. So number one, uh, do you like how some MCU projects are just feel totally unconnected to other MCU projects? Do you like that? And number two, are you in a, are you one of those people who like cameos uh, just to pop up willy nilly, or do you only like their cameos when it serves a purpose to the story? My the the um, at least to go with the first one, um, I think. Well, that's tough. Uh, well, overall, I think cameos are good in the purpose of not showing, moving the story, but in the sense that they, I, I enjoy cameo that's a new character rather than an old one, you know, like the Eternals end credits. Uh, that's one of my favorite end credits just because of what it introduces. Um, regardless of how far out that is or whatnot, I think that's the coolest thing that a, that like a cameo can do. I think that's what end credits are more meant for is that cameo and moving on to the next thing, um, mm-hmm. regardless of its characters that we saw or not, you know? Um, right. Right. Yeah. So my opinion on that kind of is um, I DC's Joker. I absolutely loved because it didn't connect to anything. It was its own standalone story. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that from Marvel. But unfortunately, I think Marvel is way too deep into their cinematic universe right. to do those standalone projects. Because I thought that What If was going to be a standalone project, but it's not. No, not at all. Right? I also think and... like uh, the connections that they all have, I feel like um, with Multiverse of Madness, that makes me not feel... 
it doesn't make WandaVision feel as special as it did now. Yeah. Like it's still a good yeah. show, but like in terms of what it means now, it's like, oh well, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. And in terms of like Moon Knight, that show was so good and didn't need to be connected to any MCU thing. No, like, I, I think they totally... did the smart decision. You could take that out of the show. You could even put that like on an HBO, Amazon Prime service, and it can still be a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one thing, kind of leading into my answer to the second question, is that if they do can if they do make connections, it does need to enhance the story. Nothing um, makes my makes me bugged more than meaningless cameos. And what confuses me is how people just want cameos in everything. They just want to go, ooh, cameo, ooh, cameo, ooh, cameo. But utterly, I mean, in the big scheme of things, cameos are utterly useless to the whole narrative purpose of the story. Unless, of course, they are there to serve the purpose of the story. There's there's one exception, though. Anything when Stan Lee was around. <laughs> That's true. I mean, even when Stan Lee was around, his uh, cameos kind of served the story a little bit. He has one of the most like like purpose-serving ones in like The Incredible Hulk, which is wild. Yeah, I mean, in The Incredible Hulk, but also like, um, even in Spider-Man: Homecoming, when he's like in the apartment buildings, mm-hmm. like, just shouting across the way, that kind of helps establish the community sense of New York. Um, and Thor Ragnarok, he was there to give Thor his haircut. Right. Um, but I mean, if he's there, it's only like two seconds. Uh, so it doesn't really, if it doesn't serve the story, it's not effect, mm-hmm. but the cameos, um, I'm not going to say who cameoed in Dr. Strange too, but the cameos in there were kind of extended cameos that ultimately did nothing for the story. Right. They didn't serve a purpose like. other than being in that movie to be in the movie. Right, which is at the point when I don't like cameos is when that happens. Which I think is totally fair, and who knows what Kumal's uh, cameo was supposed to be or pertain about. Um, uh-huh. but I mean, I, it is interesting because I am interested in like how all the cosmos in the Marvel Universe plays together. Like, How do Celestials think of like the Egyptian gods or Egyptian gods think of Celestials? exactly interesting thing to think or about. even if like the the egyptian gods have ever had to deal with anything such as like you know galactus or whatnot or gore the god butcher <laughs> you know like yeah there's all kinds of interesting things yeah. but we're also thinking way out there we could but moving on to our primary topic we got things that are within what three four months you do yeah the summer movie season um is now starting in may it's going like may to august i think is when the summer movie season is considered and there are nine movies big movies that caught our attention uh for the rest of the summer it was 10 but dr strange 2 it already has already come out mm-hmm. so there's just going to be nine that we are focused on and we are going to rank them if you're familiar unfamiliar with this show how we do these rankings is um, uh, George takes a turn, then I take a turn, then George takes a turn, then I take a turn. But if the movie we talk about, let's say our ninth movie on George's list is like the eighth or seventh movie on my list, we talk about it then. But if the movie, if the ninth movie on George's list is like my six, five, four, we're going to wait to talk about it until we get to that point on my list. 
because then we can show um, why one of us is so high, uh, so is think is, th is looking at it so highly versus why one of us is looking at it so much lower. Exactly. Exactly. Excuse me. So, uh, how about I start off the list here? You got it. Um, and we're going to be going number... from bottom to top. Yes. Uh, my number nine most anticipated a movie of the summer um, is none other than uh, DC's League of Super Pets. Well, that's wonderful because that is my number nine as well. Yeah. Um, only thing pulling me to this movie is Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves can uh, pull me into anything. Uh, but Even the back of his car. The... Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, the thing is, he's probably not even going to be in the movie that much because the movie focuses on pets rather than the Batman or Batman and the human characters. Just mm -hmm. the trailers haven't been able to do anything for me. And this kind of looks like a, kind of a knockoff of Secret Life Pets, almost. That's and what I was getting from it, too. Yeah, and I was just not a fan of either Secret Life of Pets movies, so that doesn't really excite me um Dwayne Johnson I mean I like him he's great uh but I don't think he's gonna be enough to save the this movie and it's even possible for a voice to save an animated movie but yeah League of Super Pets is number nine on my list and it's the number nine on mine too it's just it has nothing going for me it's kind of it upset me that this is like the early DC movie that we're getting now um, of course yeah. we got the Batman but like I wish something else was in the summer for it that it takes me off a lot about that and then of course like they're putting like oh Keanu Reeves is in this but as you were saying he's probably barely going to be in this is predominantly going to be Kevin Hart and Dwayne the Rock Johnson which generally doesn't really interest me I mean did you like Central Intelligence yeah I uh, Central Intelligence was pretty good yeah I think the way that they are together is good, but voice acting wise, I don't know how well that's going to go. Cause it's going to be completely based off of how good this project's animated, you know? I mean, that's a good point. Cause when I think of like Jumanji or central intelligence, like I just brought up the thing that makes both of them play off to each other so well, is just the vast contrast of their physicality. Exactly. And, I mean, and they're, think, and they yeah. go off of one and each other really well. And in a physical sense, where like yeah. they they have actual emotion towards what you're seeing versus these pets being animated to how they want us to see them. And it's very possible. I mean, it's very possible they weren't even in the same room together when they recorded their lines. Oh yeah, especially um, depending is, when this was filmed or recorded, yeah, which I guess. Is very, which is very common for animated movies. I know that uh, Pixar and Disney do it sometimes for theirs. I don't know how common it is. But I know for like when they were like uh, voicing like the Clone Wars, they had everyone kind of in the same room. Yeah, to at least um, feed off everyone's energy. Yeah, so in this one, it just looks so average, and I don't think there's going to be any energy to feed off of from other people. So, yeah, not very interested in DC's League of Super Pets. Well, then if we go up one tick on my list, I assume we probably have the same bottom two. Um, mine's Minions. Uh, the Rise of Gru. Is that also where you're lying with that? Yeah, that's also my number eight. Okay, that it's kind of funny because uh, there's only like one animated picture this summer that's looking pretty stellar, honestly. Um, yeah. But personally with this, I, I really like the Minions 
I think they're funny. I think they did get a little burnt out after, you know, the first one doing so well and they were kind of just pushed into our face 24 seven. Um, yeah, but at least these are characters that I'm established with and, you know, I've grown to like, I'll admit, like, even when I saw when the trailer came on today during Dr. Strange, it was still getting a couple of giggles out of me. Yeah. I mean, I think, wait, when did, um, let me look up the release date for something real quick. Despicable me. Oh, when was it? The first one? Or was it, or when the, when the minion, I'm trying to think of. Okay, I think it was Minions or something. Yeah, it's Minions. I believe that came out in July of 2015. So I don't know if any of you guys would remember, uh, you guys or George, those listening, would remember that there's this one scene in the trailer where a Minion came out with like an alarm on his head and he just kept going, Beetle, Beetle, oh, Beetle. Beetle. Yeah. You know? And I think it's Minions. I can't remember what it was um, or if it was in front of a trailer. But when I worked at the movie theater, so many kids would just go, Beetle, 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 annoyed the heck out of me. But the only uh, Despicable Me movie I liked was one. Mm-hmm. Two, I was really disappointed by, so I didn't even bother to see three. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, there awful. has been three. Yeah, there's three. Um, Minions is awful. I hate Minions. Um, and I think it kind of falls into uh, kind of the what happened with Cars 2. Mm. um where um mater was a great side character uh but as soon as you put him as like the main character focus of the movie he you realize how annoying he is Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of like with minions you love him in the first one yeah as soon as they got their own movie they just got super annoying super quickly i was more surprised they didn't get a like a tv spinoff you know that made more sense for the minions than anything I mean, that's true. That's true. Because I feel like that's this movie point. is mainly made to sell product. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's, I do have some interesting numbers pulled up here, George. Okay. Uh, you want to guess how much movie or how much money the first Despicable Me made in theaters? Um, let's say. Uh, four hundred fifty million. Five hundred forty-three million. Oh wow! I was actually like sort of close, which is a surprise for me. If you if you've been a listener for a bit, then do you want to guess uh, how much Despicable Me Two made? Um, I'm gonna say six hundred million. Nine hundred seventy million. What? Just, yeah. Then do you want to guess how much money uh Despicable Me Three made? Um, that that one's probably less. That one's probably closer to like six hundred million. <laughs> one point oh three four billion, dude. What? <laughs> How does this movie have that much money to like? I don't gain. I don't know, but people love these guys. People love Despicable Me. People love Minions. Do you want to guess how much money Minions made? Um. I I really hope it's not more than what it is. Let's see. Uh, like eight hundred million. One point one billion. <laughs> Why? I have no idea, my my guy. I have no idea 
why each one of these movies just incrementally made more money than the last. I mean, I can see why they're never going to stop making them. (laughs) I know, especially when the past three have crossed the billion dollar mark. And these are sequels, which is wild. I know, and it's very rare to see sequels improve that much one upon another. Oh, and this is, it's a universal product too. That's even crazier. I have no idea how Rise of Gru is going to do at the box office. It it makes me nervous. (laughs) If if it came out, if it came out, uh, let's see, when did Despicable, uh, let me. Because I know Rise of Gru comes out the week before Thor. Yeah. So if, if Rise of Gru came out like in 2019, which is just two years after Despicable Me 3, mm-hmm. which right now is the most recent Despicable Me movie, yeah, I could see it doing a billion again. Oh, yeah. But we're pretty far off it from now. We're five years since Despicable Me 3. Right. I sure hope it does not cross a billion. No, I, mean, I... I don't want any movie to fail or bomb. But with how much I despise the first Minions movie, it's going to completely shock me if this uh, continues in the path of making a billion dollars. Oh, yeah, no, I, that's totally understandable. And also that would the first like big, I don't know, probably worldwide, the first billion dollar movie of this year is going to be um, Doctor Strange. What is it at worldwide right now? I think it's at 400 million. That's what is when it was called the weekend. What is it out right now? International, worldwide, um, uh, five hundred thirty-two million. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a good chance that might come up short of a billion. It's doing better foreign than it is domestically. Yeah, but uh, I don't think this is a movie people are going to go out and rewatch over and over again. I mean, unless maybe. you're us, yeah. Was it Colby's first time watching it? Yeah, it was Colby's first time. That's why I was, I was curious okay. to see on how he so felt like, on it too. Right. So you went to go see it with someone who's never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But with like a bunch of other movies, groups go see it two, three times. And that's how movies make as much as they do when they cross that billion dollar mark. Right. I don't think people are flocking out to see Doctor Strange 2. But every lot- kid's going to want to go see the <laughs> the dang minions. Yes, dear. Uh. Man. If Minions makes more than Doctor Strange 2, I don't know what I'm going to think about. Marvel will never recover. State of the of the cinema. Anyways, my number seven on my list mm-hmm. is I think it might be higher on yours. Is Nope. Oh, uh, it's only two. It's my, it's my number five. It's not crazy high. All right. So let's wait to talk about it till you're five then. Okay. So you're seven. Elvis. We'll talk about it when we get to my five. Okay. Um, what's, what what what's your my six is Bullet Train. Your six is gonna be my six is way higher on your list. I'm a light year. Oh, you little stinker! Okay, let's talk about five. Let's talk about our fives then. Okay, so um, nope. Wait, so then... Bullet Trains Bullet Trains higher on your list, right? Yeah, Bullet Trains my number four. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about a Nope and Elvis, and let's talk about Nope first. Okay. Um, so nope is George's five, my seven. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that um, I love uh, Get Out. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it's awesome how it won Best Original Screenplay. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, however, Us. Eh... <laughs> 
See, and I think that's why it's so flip flopped on our list. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I didn't like us. I thought Get Out was okay, and then I really liked us, and that's why it's so hot. It's number five on my list. Yeah, I mean, us, yeah, I guess us was an improvement for you. It was a big downgrade for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the whole plot twist at the end was idiotic and stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to hold back. I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was a lazy cop-out, which kind of really made me upset because from Get Out, the last impression I got from Get Out was that uh, Jordan Peele is a lazy writer, but I felt that Us turned rather lazy at the end. So it's hard for me to get excited for Nope, especially when I know very little about it right now. Hey, it has Steven Yuen, and that's all I need in my life. That's true. Yeah, he is a good guy. I do like him too. But yeah, I just I just don't know how much information about it. Jordan Peele has really only impressed me as far as his drama goes uh, with um, with a Get Out. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like you're kind of the opposite of where I am, like you briefly mentioned or touched on. Right. Um, but overall, I don't know. It's it's nice because in terms, he's still a super young director. This is his third major motion picture. Yeah. Um, and it's it'll be cool regardless if it's uh, just to see where he ends up progressing from. Yeah, it's true. Hopefully, hopefully, a step forward for you instead of another step back. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I might just have to live on Key and Pill skits or a few <laughs> episodes of the Twilight Zone series that he produced. That's true. That I liked. Um, but then, so let's talk about Elvis, which you have at five, I have at seven. Yes. All right. I have so, that at my. Why is it your number five? Number one, it has my favorite actor of all time. Ah, yes, of uh, course. The Tom lovely Hanks. Austin Butler. Oh, never mind. Austin, <laughs> I mean, le- legit, Austin Butler is going to be a breakout, breakout star. I really like, think this is going to get him a, a nod. I mean, musical biopics have great um, track records for leading mm. to uh, Oscar nominations. Uh, because we had Rami Malek. Yeah, for Freddie Mercury. And then uh, you had, um, oh, shoot. Um, I can't remember anymore the top of my head. But I love Tom Hanks in this movie. I'm not in this movie. I just love Tom Hanks in general. Um, from what I've heard, uh, that CinemaCon, the clips they showed of Austin Butler... Um, Austin Butler does all of his own singing when it's like young Elvis. When it gets to older Elvis, um, I think they use the actual Elvis. But knowing that he actually sings and puts mm-hmm. in the dedication to actually sing uh, makes me really excited. Uh, but people had great uh, reactions to the footage they saw of this at CinemaCon. Right. Plus, I love the movie Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. I also love his Great Gatsby movie. I think that's an underrated um, one, honestly. It's very much underrated. Uh, but yeah, I love those two movies. And so I am pretty excited for Elvis. See, and I'm, I'm the, the hardest part for me is like literally all of these movies I had to look through and I was like, gosh, what one am I more excited for? Um, yeah. Which was the toughest thing. Like literally, that's why I was like, our nine and eight are probably the same. And then the seven and above are going to be mixed up because it was just so hard for me to be like, oh, what one do yeah. I want? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's not like I'm not looking forward to Elvis. 
uh, like I said, my light year is my number six. I'm I'm looking forward to light year just a, a, a tad bit more than that. But I do love Tom Hanks and anything that he does. I don't think he can do wrong. I agree that I think um, Austin Butler is going to have a breakout performance with this, and it's probably going to be the next like big star for the next six years where we see him in everything. Yeah. Um, but I I I can't say like I'm not looking forward to it. It's just not as high on my list. There you go. That's fair. That is fair. All right. So I guess that brings us to our number fours. Mm-hmm. Your number four is Bullet Train, right? Yes. Let's talk about that. Okay. Wait. What's your What's your number four? Uh, I'm gonna leave you hanging until we're done talking about Bullet Train. Oh shoot. Um. So. Bullet Train's trailer comes out. I've never heard of this movie. I have no idea of it. I literally just clicked on it because I was like, hmm, let's see what it looks like. And immediately it went from being a film I didn't know to one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I know. Bullet Train. Lots of things going well for it. Mm -hmm. The director, David Leach, I think. Yeah. Directed my second favorite movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm Or number two or three uh, in Hobbs and Shaw. Right. He also directed the first John Wick. Which which is just a fantastic movie, and that's why I got so pumped for how Bullet Train is looking so far. Right, and talk about a franchise that, at least in my opinion, gets better with each one. Mm -hmm. John Wick. Right. Um, But yeah, I just love him. I love what I've seen in his previous films. I never saw Atomic Blonde. He did uh, Deadpool 2 as well. Never saw Deadpool 2. Oh, okay. The first Deadpool wasn't my thing, mm-hmm. so I didn't really have any interest in seeing Deadpool too. Okay, understand. I didn't even, to be honest, I never actually saw the first Deadpool. Oh. To be to be completely honest with you, I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just knowing what I knew about the Deadpool character, yeah, it wasn't up your alley. Wasn't up my alley. So fair I enough. To go see it. Yeah. But Bullet Train does look bonkers. Yeah. It looks nuts. Aaron Taylor Johnson is an actor I love seeing. Uh, David Tyree Henry, Justin Eternals is going to be in this, and that looks great too. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt is, he's just embracing being that just like cool swagger person. Because I feel like some people in Hollywood don't like embracing the thing that they're, like, they're being typecast in. Yeah, but oh my gosh, Brad Pitt is embracing that to the max, and I am loving it. No, it's great. I mean, like he got so much attention for his um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, won the Oscar. Yep, and then like that's all he is. He's just the cool guy, and then he just he's just like cool. I'm just gonna be the cool guy. I mean, like even going back to um uh, his character in the Oceans movies. Mm-hmm. Ocean movies. Cool guy in that. Um, you got Fury, which is just a weird one, but again, like the cool, calm, collect kind of guy in that one. Uh huh. But then, yeah. Um, what's the other one I was thinking of? I oh, mean, I know what you're thinking of. Mega Mega Mind. Mega Mind. You know what? Fun fact: I've only seen Mega Mind once. Same. I was in my math class when my math teacher bootlegged a version of Mega Mind for us to watch as a class. And, what? And it was bootlegged to the sense that they modified all the voices in the movie. That's insane. So, I technically I like to say I've never actually seen Mega Mind because I've never seen it with like the actual voices. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, 
I love Brad Pitt. Uh, uh, Moneyball mm-hmm. um, is another one. World War Z is really good. And then uh, Seven Fight Club. Really just good ones. Absolutely Benjamin incredible movies. Fine. He's just a great actor, and he's yeah. probably going to turn in just another fun performance for this one. Oh, yeah. No, easily. Um, all, right. all right. So my, my number four mm-hmm. is Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, that's my number three. Okay. It's my number four for the main purpose of I did not like Fallen Kingdom. Right. Um, so I am worried about this one because uh, anytime I don't like a previous installment of a movie, mm-hmm. I always get uh, nervous about the next one. Right. Um, I thought Jurassic World, giving you guys a little sneak peek, I guess. I, th- I, I thought Jurassic World was good. Yeah. It was entertaining, but nothing compares to the first one. I mean, they doesn't have to. I think that's where the crime comes in is like Spielberg made one of the most perfect movies and then they decide to keep going with them. Yeah. And um, to be fair, uh, the director who directed uh, Fallen Kingdom, uh, J.A. Bayona, mm-hmm. um, he is not directing uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Yes. I believe Colin Trevorrow is coming back to direct this third one, which he is the one that directed the first Um, the first one and i do like it and we have the legacy cast coming back for this one see and that that was my biggest thing like uh, it probably would have been like bullet trade probably would have been my number three but doing our walk our you know rewatch right now um i was like oh that that original cast is just so good there's no way they could really mess this up and then you know thinking that now and then going to see it when it they really mess it up is going to really tick me off (laughs) yeah I mean, I sure hope that they're able to balance the legacy cast here well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that we still get the same type of Ian Malcolm. Because I feel like the quick glimpse we saw of Ian Malcolm in uh, Fallen Kingdom right. was not the Malcolm from Jurassic Park 1 or even 2. No, not at all. Um, so I'm hoping we get those essences of the characters back. But we'll just and wait and see because that we don't have too long before we actually get to see it. Yeah, and this is also the um like the conclusion of the franchise. Yeah, this is um, the end to the trilogy. It's gonna be interesting to see how like I mean we've never seen dinosaurs like in the real world before. I mean that was a little bit at the end of two, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, but we never really have had it on this scale before, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I just, um, it's just one of those concepts that dinosaurs getting out. What, what new things can you do with each movie? Right. And so I'm kind of hesitant and skeptical on that part. Which I think everyone should be at the moment. Yeah. It's a really risky movie. Um, but then going into my number two, I have Top Gun Maverick. Wait, what's your number three? Oh, my number, uh, Jurassic World. Okay, well, my oh, number Oh, shoot, we three, didn't get your number three. Okay, okay. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Which is my number one. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, we'll, we'll wait till you get to your number one. Okay. Um, My number two is Top Gun 2. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, To be completely honest, Top Gun 2 was probably 
um let's see number five or four on my list that's how it was with me i'm a big top gun fan mm-hmm. but there are a couple things that moved it up higher on my list for me uh, number one the re- early reactions to it have been outstanding absolutely yeah. phenomenal it's holding at a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes right now and then the uh the thing that got me originally for it was the standing ovation it got at CinemaCon. Yeah, people loved it. Word of mouth has been great, has been fantastic. But then uh, if you saw Doctor Strange 2 in IMAX, they showed you like a 7-minute clip of Top Gun 2 beforehand. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. When you when you see this movie, if you see this movie, see it in IMAX. Tickets are on sale right now. Buy your IMAX tickets cuz when you see the sequences of this movie with the fighter jets, big full screen, um, mm-hmm. knowing that Tom Cruise is actually in them. Ooh. Uh, Takes your breath away. So, oh yeah, it, it truly does. It truly does. I actually saw this meme and it was just like someone making fun of like Tom Cruise. It's like people saying Tom Cruise is like the most impressive stunt man, but what about the cameraman? Or like the most <laughs> impressive like fighter jet pilot, but what about the cameraman? right but it's 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 mind-blowing dude i didn't expect to get emotional during seeing a top gun sneak peek Mm -hmm. but i did really i I, I teared up not because i was sad or anything but the pure joy and happiness i felt while watching that movie Mm -hmm. is a feeling i haven't felt in the movie theaters for such a long time oh my gosh partly partly because it was like an unexpected happy yeah it was like an unexpected piece because going to uh far from home even though it wasn't officially confirmed i knew that toby and andrew were going to show up yeah it was fun when they showed up but i was expecting it right it's always nice when you have those movies that you're completely unexpecting to make an impact on you make an impact on you right and so top gun 2 yeah (laughs) i'm so excited for it well, I, I was blown away. One, just because uh, for some reason, um, dang, now I blo- I always blink out on his name. I don't know why. And he's one of my like favorite actors, even though I heard he's not that great. Miles Teller looks exactly like Goose. He does. Playing it's son absurd. Of Goose. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was like the one thing I was like, oh, that's really really cool. Um, and then uh-huh. going into today, like, because um, the the early reviews got put out. Um, I listened to one of my podcasts that uh, they were just doing like the spoiler free thing, just giving their first thoughts and all four of the people were someone that were like, yeah, Top Gun's cool. It was like, it's a fun movie. And, um, uh, like at one point in, in the podcast, he goes, so I'm not one guy that claps at the end of movies. He's like, unless I know the actors are there, what's the point in clapping? They're not going to hear me. They're not going to see me. He goes, I was just randomly clapping in the middle of Top Gun Maverick. I don't even remember what scene it was. It was just that good. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I need to see this now. I know. And I freaking love the director who's directing this. Yeah, Joseph Um, uh, Kosinski. Yeah. Or something like that. He did Tron. Yeah, he directed two very uh, underappreciated movies, in my opinion. Uh, Tron Legacy and then Oblivion, also starring Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I forgot about Oblivion. I just can't wait to stand up in this movie and just like cheer or something like that i mean i can't wait yeah no i literally it's it went from being something that i was like okay i'm, I'm excited that it's releasing 
Um, but then hearing the word of mouth, word of mouth is something that film like loves if, if, if it's good, of course. Uh Um, and I, I can't wait to have this movie all up in my eye holes. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie is going to do a, like 600, 700 million worldwide when it's all said and done. I think, I think this is going to be, a, this could be a billion crosser personally. It's possible. The word of mouth could definitely carry it over for sure. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about my number one because my number one was a lot lower on your list. Yeah, I know. And, and that's crazy. I didn't know it'd be your number one. I thought it'd be up there, but wow. And that is Lightyear. Mm-hmm. A little backstory I need to give to you, George. Yes. Uh, when I was four years old, I had like a three foot uh, big uh, Buzz Lightyear cake. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Wait, like standing or was he like laying down? It was laying down. I mean, it was just like a sheet cake my aunt kind of cut and frosted to make it look like Buzz Lightyear. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was expecting. But I was like, if you had a standing one, I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah. But Toy Story was my childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 are absolutely fantastic toy story one and two are in my top five pixar movies uh-huh. at least last time i did a ranking i haven't done like a re-ranking in a while so that might change right but definitely toy story 2 is definitely like up there in the top two uh buzz lightyear has always been my favorite disney character or one of them especially mm-hmm. a favorite pixar character um and seeing what i've seen with the trailers with this movie absolutely phenomenal yeah. Um, they showed the first 20 minutes of Lightyear at CinemaCon, and one person, other podcaster I listened to, says that um, they think that Lightyear is going to be the fourth animated movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh my gosh. Big, big expectations for me going into it. Dang. But, I really hope they live up to it, because that'll kill me if they don't. <laughs> it's going to kill me if they don't. And Lightyear is also the first uh, animated movie to be made in the IMAX uh, aspect ratio. And the first, I, I first in a really long cool. time of a Pixar movie to actually be released in the theaters. Yes, which is going to be so good. And as like we kind of mentioned before with Minions, uh, Toy Story 4 and 3 both crossed a billion dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Lightyear will, but I think it's going to get pretty darn close to it. Because if I look at the... Oh, shoot. I'm really bad at keeping uh, tabs open. As I'm looking at kind of like the weekend release schedule here. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Like what's so, coming uh, with it? Yeah, what's coming kind of around it. Uh, Lightyear is coming out, I believe, June 17th is when it comes out. Bum, 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 bum. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so there's nothing the week crazy. Before, week, before, week after Dominion, week before Elvis. Yeah, and so I think uh, having it the week after Jurassic World Dominion is not definitely not going to hurt it too bad. Because mm-hmm. uh, especially um, people are going out to see movies in the first like week of release more than ever Yeah. now. And Elvis isn't really the same uh, demographic audience as Lightyear. I also feel is. like Elvis is going to be more of the, you know, the award movie than it is a smash hit blockbuster. Definitely. Uh, but then, like, Chris Evans is doing such a good job with the Lightyear voice. Like, it doesn't bother me at all that it's not Tim Allen. Chris Evans is doing a great job. Literally, when they when I was watching the Disney Investors Day meeting and they announced Lightyear, I stood up pumping my fist in the air. Pure joy, pure happiness. Mm-hmm. I just loved it so much. 
See, the, right. the yeah. reason why it's lower on my list is just the fact, so um, I don't really like Toy Story. What? Yeah. One what and two scared, like, wig me out as a <laughs> One and two wig me out as a kid. Um, the animation wigs me out. I liked the third one. The third one was good. I thought the fourth one was eh. Yeah. Um, the characters are more annoying to me than any anything else. Okay. The way that I see it. Um, I do, but then Buzz Lightyear is like the only character I really like from there. I had like eight action figures of him while I was growing up because I just liked him. Yeah. Um, it, it, like I like him and Woody, but I like him more than Woody type deal. The uh, honestly, if it wasn't for seeing the Lightyear trailer in theater the last two times I went and saw, um, Doctor Strange. This was this was initially one below at my seven instead of six, but every yeah. time I've seen the trailer for it, I get more and more excited about it, and the only reason why it's not higher up is just because I'm not too fond of the the like you know or, weirdly enough the original material even though this is the original material for that material. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw this question for you. Um, so we know that Toy Story a Lightyear, Lightyear is the movie that inspired the toy. Or wait, Lightyear is the movie. Like the movie that we're gonna be watching in Lightyear is mm -hmm. the same movie that Andy watched that made him fall in love with Buzz. Which is so weird now that that's like so twenty years old. It, right. So my question for you is in the Toy Story universe, the Lightyear that Andy watched, was it live action? That's what I've been thinking about so much. <laughs> right uh, because i'm like in terms the way he looks is how people look in his like in day to day right yeah so i could i could see i really hope that like when credits roll it's on a different tv yeah like i would love if if we get um if it starts rolling and then it zooms out and we see the toy story cast and they were watching that and like then we just have like a little cameo of um you know him just being like so that's where I'm from? Yeah. And like it has like Buzz Lightyear played by blah, 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 but it's like a made up name or it's like some inside joke thing that they have or something. That, that's like my biggest theory is we're watching it and when it gets out, it's going to be, it's going to be, we were watching it with the toys. Yeah. I um, just want to get my tickets now. Tickets need to come on sale. Well, I'm surprised they haven't because Dominion's already out and we are a week, a week, two weeks past from when those officially dropped, right? Uh, at least, or maybe just a week, but... Maybe since it's a Pixar, they're not too concerned with it, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, my other thing is, do you think that they'll end up doing a Woody show? I feel like Woody's more of a Disney Plus TV series than Lightyear yeah. is a cinematic show. I mean, it's true, because we already know that Woody came from a TV show. Right. And we've, had, we've seen was, clips of his TV show. Right, and that was established in Toy Story 2. Mm -hmm. So if they were to give Woody his own thing he would have to be like on like strings like puppets right because that's how we've already seen it in the toy story universe right i either see that or maybe a 2d cartoon maybe not but the one toy story toy that i want to see a standalone movie for mr potato head mr potato head but <laughs> i mean this is not going to be like an origin story like Lightyear is yeah but like a buddy cop movie with ham and Mr. Potato Head. Oh, okay. 
It's going to be sad because the voice of Mr. Potato Head, Don Rickles, has passed away. So that's sad. But I just love the interaction that Mr. Potato Head has with Ham throughout the entire thing. Right. Throughout the entire series. It's so funny. Their relationship is so funny. I love it so much. They're definitely like the Hobbs and Shaw. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But if if I were to pick like to have a Toy Story like kind of spinoff, my first pick would have been Lightyear. Right. My second pick is that ham Mr. Potato Head Buddy Cop movie. That'd be a crazy show or movie, yeah. Uh huh. Um, but then at my number one, I had Thor: Love and Thunder, and you betrayed me. So I see how it is. Yeah, that's my <laughs> number three. Um, why is it your number one? Well, of course, I'm I'm in the fan camp of Ragnarok's killer, and it's awesome, and I can't get enough Taika Waititi for to save my life. Um. The trailers for me have, like, the really short notice of this trailer. Uh, I'm really glad it turned out the way it did. I've literally probably watch it two or three times a week just because I'm like, did I miss something? Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way it's filmed looks amazing. The goofiness that Chris Hemsworth brings to such a massive character, just I, I, I enjoy the way that he portrays Thor. He's the kind of how I wish that he was in the comics instead of more serious and strong. Uh-huh. It just hits on all points. And I'm, I'm really curious to see on what the female Thor aspect ends up being. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how Jack uh, Natalie Portman looks. She's been in the gym. She's been in the gym hard, and that's a lot working hard and i'm really excited to see that um it's three on yours so it's not like out there out there yeah but and the main reason i mean I'll, i'll get to this in a little bit but if it wasn't for this one main point thor love and thunder would probably be like number six on the list oh wow or something if it wasn't for this one point i'm gonna get to in a little bit but Thor Love and Thunder, um, I I think I'm definitely in the minority when I say I don't think Thor Love and Thunder is as good as people say it is. You mean Ragnarok? Yes, Ragnarok. I, don't I was like, Ragnarok, wait, how, what have people said? <laughs> I don't think Ragnarok is as good as people said it is. Okay. Um, I felt like it was almost too zany, too goofy. It didn't cross the line to getting too goofy, but I felt like it walked that fence pretty closely. Um, But Taika Waititi is such a good filmmaker. I love what he did with Jojo Rabbit. Um, I haven't watched his uh, new show on HBO Max, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, I haven't Um, haven't been able to see that yet either. I'm super excited for his uh, upcoming movie, Next Goal Wins which I forgot who they had uh, recast uh, Army Hammer with. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to figure out, too. I forgot who it was. But the one thing that's putting Thor Love and Thunder's high as it is on my list is Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. Yes. Christian Bale said he was never going to do another comic book movie after he did Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight Rises. Also, quick thing, well, it's Will Dark... Arnett. Will Arnett. Oh. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I also love Michael Fassbender, and he is the lead in that movie, and so I'm really excited to see Fassbender. Right. Um, anyways, um, 
Christian Bale. Christian Bale said he's never going to do another comic book movie again. But yet here he is as Gore the God Butcher. And Taika Waititi, I mean, it's not a big thing when, like, when directors say, like, oh, yeah, my movie is so good. Or, like, the actor in my movie is, like, one of the best of all time. But Taika Waititi did come out and say that I think we have one of the greatest villains Marvel has ever created with Gore the God Butcher. Right. And with how much I love Christian Bale as a performer, as an actor, he's going to bring a lot to this role. The script had to have been top-notch in order to have Christian Bale come in and play. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's, uh, you know, after he said that, you're like, there, there has to be something that pulled him, and apparently they found the thing that'll pull him. Uh-huh. And I have a theory as to how this movie is going to open. Mm-hmm. We see Zeus played by Russell Crowe in yep. the trailer. I think the movie is going to start with gore. Killing, killing Zeus? Olymp- Zeus and Olympus. Oh, oh, like he killed the the Greek gods and now it's time to kill. Or no, I have this backwards. Yeah, yeah it's, he killed the Greek god. He's now going to kill the Norse gods. Yeah, that would be insane. So, like, we'll see yeah. potentially more gods, or do you think we'll just see Zeus? I think we'll just see Zeus. But I just remembered something. Mm. Gore was going to be referenced in Moon Knight. He was. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was. do we know if he did? He did not get mentioned in Moon Knight, partly because for the same reason that uh, Camille Nanjiani's character in there didn't end up getting in there. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, they were going to talk about it because it was something like they didn't know like when Moon Knight was going to get released, like before or after Thor. And if Moon Knight came released after Thor and we have like these Egyptian gods here, they didn't know like there's two versions of the scripts where one like referenced score and one didn't because they mm-hmm. just didn't know how Thor and Moon Knight were going to be released with each other. Yeah. But anyways, it's going to be bonk bonkers. I don't know if it's going to be bonkers and crazy to a fault. Or if it's but... going to be bonkers and crazy to the most amazing Marvel movie ever. Right. And the other thing that's keeping it higher other than Christian Bale is I love Jojo rabbit, which Taika Waititi also did. Mm-hmm. so we shall see do you shall see. do you think also the the way that uh dr strange rubbed you wrong lost you some faith in the marvel mcu no no, no. okay because there's only like let's see i only have um let's see my bottom is thor 2 dr strange 2 uh incredible hulk black widow so that's only like four movies out of like 28 that I just legit like never want to watch like. again. Yeah. I mean, I even, I like iron. I would re I, I love rewatching Iron Man two, partly because I love Don Cheadle as an actor. Right. Yeah. And then guardians two, which is also down there for me. I love Kurt Russell. So there's sort of like rewatchable components in there. I just didn't find much rewatchable components in the bottom four ones mm-hmm. that I have, but Thor Ragnarok, I love it. Like Korg's line, "Piss off, Ghost" is like one of my favorite. <laughs> Piss off, Ghost! I just one of the funniest lines. And then when he's given like his whole solo, like like speech about how they can rebuild Asgard, come back and make it beautiful again, and then Asgard blows up. Blows up. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's funny. That's your. But it's also funny to a downfall as you see it. Yes, I wouldn't say the funniness is the downfall. 
to it. I just felt like the tone felt off a little bit, and I guess the jokes did play a little part to that. Yeah. Well, um, well, that's where we lie yeah. with our summer 2022 movies. Um, yes, feel free to, to report back at the end of August to see how the how it actually ranked up. Yeah, that weird moment when League of Super Pets is gonna be both of our number ones. Dude, if that's better than Lightyear, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I just gonna do. all of Light, everything in Lightyear's trailers like doesn't actually isn't actually in the movie. <laughs> That would be nuts. Uh, Will's going to be like, what is life anymore? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so let's uh, quickly uh, dive into the box office. I think we're going a little bit longer than we usually do. But we usually uh, so do that when we're doing our predictions. That's true. That's true. We do do that when we do our rankings. But let's quickly... Uh, Let's quickly just go through box office predictions for next week. Okay, cool. Um, uh, uh, just to review last week, uh, starting from five going to one, everything, everywhere, all at once, Fantastic Beast 3, Sonic 2, The Bad Guys, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. We have one wide release movie coming out this week, and that is going to be Firestarter, which is also premiering same day on uh, Peacock. Such a weird Keep thing. That in mind. Yeah, uh, but I think uh, it's clear that Doctor Strange is going to stay at number one easily. Um, if I would have to do like uh, put a number on it, I think it's going to drop bigger than most movies. But when you drop like seventy percent when your opening weekend was like one eighty, you're doing fine. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's going to make here. Let me do on some. I think it's going to drop about sixty eight percent. Uh huh. Um. So I think uh, Doctor Strange 2 is going to make in its second weekend uh, anywhere from about 60 to $85 million. I think that's a good estimate. That's how I'm feeling as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be in that range. So I think that's going to stay number one. Do you agree on that too? Yeah, I think that's going to be the number one film for the next couple of weeks until we get uh, yeah. Top Gun, honestly. Right, me too. And I think, I think Bad Guys is going to stay at number two. Oh, really? You think Bad Guys is going to outdo? Well, I guess, yeah. I think the Bad Guys at least has a broader, you know, kids can watch it, whereas I don't think Firestar is going to be watched by kids. Yeah. Or, I don't know, should I do something crazy? You have crazy? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has been doing really well. Yes. And that's three million, that did three million worse than Bad Guys this weekend. Mm-hmm. Do I think that the bad guys are going to take a big drop to make Sonic the Hedgehog 2 come out at number two next week? Ooh, that's a good question. What are we looking like? I do not think that. So I'm still going to put bad guys at number two, Sonic 3. I will do Firestarter 4, Fantastic Beast 5. Mm-hmm. Is what uh, I think. Okay. That's, that's probably where I'm leaning. Uh, I don't know. I still think... I want everywhere all at once to be number five, but yeah, I think that's where I think Fantastic Beast is gonna be sitting there as well. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, so we. I think you nailed it. Order's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. I usually do when it comes to the box office. Yeah, until we have something crazy going on, then we'll see. Um, yeah, Maverick we'll see. going into the next couple of weeks with Doctor Strange alongside it will be an interesting one. Yeah, and like George said, Doctor Strange Two is probably gonna be on the top of the list. Tell 
Um, I don't know. Uh, Downton Abbey comes out next week. We'll see how much it drops uh, this week, but I think that's a good contender for um, like a potential number one. Yeah, I mean, how how much did the first one do? Um, anyways, I'm not going to talk about that because that's what next week's episode is going to be for. Exactly, and so we'll be doing uh, next week. We'll be covering the Jurassic Park Lost World uh, movie, of course, in our Jurassic uh, Jurassic Park rewatch until the new Dominion movie, and then our I can't second episode. Wait to talk, I can't wait to talk about the gymnastics scene in Jurassic World too. I I literally cannot get over how weird that movie is. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to say about the second episode? Oh, and then second episode kind of up in the air at the moment, I think. Um, only because yeah. I don't have our list up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have it planned, but I also do not know what it is at the top of my head. Let's see, let's see. We have the... You know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. It's not pulling up right now. But, as always, thank you for coming oh. to... Oh. Do you know what it what it is? What? Let me see. I have it pulled up right here. Mm. I literally have it as miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. So we, we, don't have, we don't have a plan for the second episode. Next oh week. no! Hey, but we'll we'll have it we'll have it by uh we'll, we'll let you know on the first episode of next week. So yes, we'll let you know what we're gonna do. Cool. Maybe we should do our first foreign film trip. Ooh, Let's that'd see. be that'd be quite fun. A foreign film field trip. Sweet. Um, of course, everyone, thank you for coming to the movies and have a lovely night. Have a lovely night. Bye bye, everyone.